the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, October the 25th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On October 25th, 1760, Britain's King George III succeeded his late grandfather, George II. George III would also meet some new friends during his reign. They were called the colonists. Today in 1859, radical abolitionist John Brown went on trial in Charlestown, Virginia for his failed raid on Harper's Ferry. He was convicted and hanged. Today in 1881, the artist Picasso was born in Spain. Today in 1910, America the Beautiful. America the Beautiful, with words by Catherine Lee Bates and music by Samuel Ward. It was first published. Today in 1945, Taiwan became independent of Japanese colonial rule. And today in 1960, the Bull of a Watch Company introduced its electronic Accutron model. Well, it's time to move on. No, I'm kidding. That was a great innovation in watchmaking. Back in the day, I'm sure. Hamas terrorists have been found with instructions on their body, dead terrorists, instructions to decapitate Jews and remove their hearts and their livers. Hamas terrorists were urged to decapitate and remove the hearts and livers of their Jewish victims during their raid on on Israel. It was detailed in handwritten notes found at the scene of the horrific attacks. The note contains words of encouragement from Hamas commanders declaring the religious importance of massacring Jews wherever they're found. It further draws lessons from historical Muslim leaders who massacred men, sold women and children into slavery and decimated cities across the Judeo-Christian world. And wouldn't you know, there are growing, massively growing, demonstrations across America and around the world, demonstrating not against the atrocities of removing the hearts and livers of the Jews that they kill, but no, the demonstrations are for the terrorists. Students at George Washington University, George Washington University is sometimes referred to as somewhat conservative. Students at George Washington University projected pro-terror, anti-Israel messages onto the school library with a, you know, with a projector. Big sign up there. On their school library in the wake of the Palestinian terror group, Hamas, murdering about 1,300 Jews in Israel, the message displayed on the campus building in Washington, D.C., reads, Glory to our, mar- our Martyrs. Divestment from Zionist genocide now. Free Palestine from the river to the sea. You know what that means, I'm sure. 
Freeing Palestine from the river to the sea means wiping out the Jewish people. We live in a world that's terrifying if you're looking at the world from a merely a secular point of view. There is no way that this, our communities, our states, our country, our world can survive outside of intervention, supernatural intervention. God is in control. Psalm 100 and 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Who build it? That was Ben Franklin. I'm going to come back to him for a moment this morning. But he was quoting from Psalm 127. His entire remarkable speech, as short as it was, was filled with biblical quotations and allusions. But his this psalm was at the heart of the what he wanted to say. Unless the Lord is in any enterprise, it has a very limited, a very fragile future. Even building a house without his aid is perilous. Raising a family or a home without his strength is hazardous. Guarding a city without his blessing is futile. Working hard to gain wealth without putting him first is vain. How much more the establishing of of a new nation, one unlike anybody had ever seen on earth. America, the beautiful. Surely such an undertaking required the help of Almighty God. And Franklin was calling for that when he quoted Psalm 127, verse 1. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. More than 3,000 people gathered, not, not to support Hamas, not to support the terrorists. Mostly teenagers, they attended a revival gathering organized by the Fellowship of Christian Athletes at a high school football stadium in Arkansas. The event was known as Fields of Faith. The um, Fellowship of Christian Athletes are doing this all over the country, in fact, in other countries as well. They're holding these kind of a one-night revival, a time for worship and for kids to get together. They have athletes there. They give their testimony. Some of the athletes are well-known, some not so much, but they have a strong testimony that their lives have been submitted, their hearts have been given to Jesus Christ. That's the message we need to hear in America today. This guy, this Micah May, he serves as the kind of the multi-area director for FCA in central Arkansas. He says, man, over 3,000 people attended last week's Fields of Faith event. He said, we believe God goes before us as we prepare an event like this. He said, we run a social media campaign. We hang some posters on every campus. We distribute promotional T-shirts through our FCA huddles. That's their local groups. And um, he said, we have generous sponsors who underwrite the event, so the event is completely free for students. We don't charge them anything. We just encourage them to come. I'll tell you, Luke 1, he said, Luke one thirty seven tells us that God's word never fails. He said, truly, there was an unmistakable move of the Holy Spirit in the stadium in Arkansas. He said, hundreds of students prayed, seeking the Lord, asking God, presenting their lives, their careers, their futures to the Lord. He said, at the end of the event, 
After the students had spoken and a call to action was presented to the group, there was a sweet spirit of worship that broke out as this band that was there, it's called Crutchfield, it's a Christian group, he said they led in the final songs. He said over the past several months, there have been many large gatherings of high school and college students at revival events all across this country. He said it sort of started at Asbury University in Kentucky. We talked about Asbury here some months ago now on this program. To the best of my ability, I want to keep all of you who are listening aware that while this nation is wallowing in the mire of sin and ungodliness and unrighteousness, there is a movement among our youth. You don't see it in the streets with the homeless. You don't see it in the higher places of higher learning. But you see it out in America, beautiful America, in real America. You see where this, where this is happening. God is moving by his spirit among youth all across, all across this nation. We'll do our best to keep you posted on that. I know we hear the bad stuff and there's a lot of it and we've got to be informed as Christians. We must know what's going on in our world, but we've got to look at it through the lens of God's word, God's truth. And that's why we do what we do every day. And I thank you so much for supporting us. Your support is absolutely necessary. Each month, we pay our bills on time thanks to you and to God's blessing through you. And we want to continue to do that. We live in perilous times. We live in unusual times. We live in times that are perplexing to all. But there is is someone who is greater than bigger and beyond all of this. He controls our lives. He loves us. His son, Jesus Christ, died for us, his only begotten son. He loves us. He guides our lives. He helps us to understand our times without being overwhelmed by what's going on in our world. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for allowing this program to happen. We need your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. 665 times accused violent criminals have been released on their own recognizance. Where did that happen? New York? No, no, not New York, not Los Angeles. Oh, perhaps it did, but no, I'm talking about Spokane County, Washington. Spokane County, Washington. Hundreds of individuals accused of violent crimes were reportedly freed on their own recognizance in Spokane County, Washington. Officials are trying to crack down on criminal activity. They're not succeeding. The Spokesman Review on Sunday, this past Sunday, detailed cases where three men were among numerous others accused of such crimes, noting they were freed from jail once they promised to reappear in court. Our legal system has not only been weaponized to defeat political opponents, we're seeing that happen before our eyes, it is also collapsing. It's causing crime rates to soar because so-called progressive notions or policies always fail 
They miserably fail. And if you follow the blue line of political thinking, it will lead you to failed cities. The Republicans are the red line. The cities do much better because the policy is not political. It's moral. It's righteous. We need to be informed, not misled about this. Records obtained by the Spokesman Review, the Spokane, Washington newspaper, show that people accused of violent crimes such as rape, molesting children, making death threats, assaults, vehicular homicide, were set free on their own recognizance. This has happened 665 times in Spokane County from January 1st, 2021 to September 30. Washington law says everyone arrested and accused of a crime is presumed innocent and subject to release. But judges have to consider the scope of what's in the law. The consideration is subjective and up to the discretion of the individual judge. Because we have abandoned our system of laws. And more importantly, the basis for our laws. Progressivism is not progressive. I've said that so many times on this program. It is pathetically not progressive. If progress suggests something about making something better all the time, it isn't that. It's the opposite of that. One of the cases the newspaper detailed was that of Daniel Silva. He allegedly slashed a co-worker in the face with a handsaw. However, officials released him from jail a few hours later without bond. In July, KREM, Krem TV in Spokane, reported that the crime rate in Washington State is growing with one of the biggest property crime, uh, crime rates anywhere. Crime rates in Washington, they said, I'm quoting them, Crime rates in Washington state saw an alarming increase encompassing various crime categories, as reported by Washington's Association of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs. The numbers have left Spokane County Sheriff John Knowles unsurprised, pointing to policy changes as a key factor behind the surge in reported crimes. Spokane County Sheriff John Knowles cited two policy changes when he was speaking on the issue. Here's what he said. I'll quote him. He said, firstly, this uh, county sheriff, Knowles, he said, firstly, a reduction in the state's prison population has resulted in many repeat felons spending less than a year in jail, and some never make it to prison. Knowles expressed concern over his development. He said, over this development, he said, we, quote, we now have a jail where literally every time we book somebody in, somebody has to come out the other side. Full on, he said, 14% of the people we book never see the inside of a jail cell. They're released before they ever spend a day in jail. Secondly, he said, the state legislature has lowered minimum sentences for many crimes, leading to increased leniency in sentencing. As a result, people with multiple repeat felonies are facing reduced consequences. I'm reminded of the time in the Old Testament when everyone did what was right in their own eyes because there was no king, there was no law, there was no leadership. That's what progressivism brings to the people, a lack of leadership. We're seeing that at the White House now in the Oval Office. We have a man stumbling around who doesn't even know where he is some of the time 
and he's leading the most powerful nation in the history of the world, supposedly leading. That's why the world is such a mess. Leaders around the globe, and we're particularly looking at our own nation today, and specifically at Spokane, it's a, it made a national story. This isn't just a local story. That's where we are today because of progressivism. Progressivism allows you to sit back and take a deep breath, maybe take a pull on a weed or something, and say, wouldn't it be nice if we could do this, this, or this? Or it allows people <clears throat> who have dreamed all their life to have political power. It allows them to create their own path. It allows them to change the laws to assist them in achieving their personal goals. President Biden is one of those. He admitted that his life dream was to become president. A life dream to become president is not a bad thing in and of itself. But when that is the most important thing, that becomes a a product of relativism. So the end is so noble that anything you do to reach that end is justified. That's progressivism. That's secularism. Cultural Marxists in America are counting on you to believe that and to act on it. I think it's important to note that one-third of Seattle residents considered leaving the area to move somewhere else. One reason was being that the crime plaguing the area. Seattle Times had an article along these same lines just recently. They were quoting a Suffolk University poll that was paid for in part by Seattle Times newspaper as well. But a video report from April shows how law enforcement officers in downtown Spokane are trying to address the crime issue, and it's very difficult for them to do their job because everyone does what's right in their own eyes. These guys on the street are confronting the police. I, In fact, I wrote an article about that today, about this, what we're talking about, on our website, faithandfreedom.us, faithandfreedom.us. And I included that video, and you can see it for yourself. And, I mean, we've all seen it. We know that that's where we are in this country. Is there a solution for this? After hearing about the jail release data, City Council President Lori Kinnear in Spokane, she said, it's not just a Spokane problem. Well, of course it isn't. It's everywhere that progressives are in charge, mostly all Democrats. But it's not a political matter. It's a moral. It's an ideology matter. Every state that has so-called progressive leadership is struggling with the same issues. There are states that choose conservative leadership who are not experiencing those difficulties. Maybe some of them are to a degree. I mean, human nature is broken. We're sinful. But you look at the cities that are led and the states that are led by Christian or conservative leadership, and you don't see to the degree that we see in states like Washington and Oregon and California, for goodness sakes. It makes a difference. As a man believeth in his heart, so is he. And a person that's elected to office that says, yes, I will serve all the people and I'll bring unity and blah, 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 they don't mean that because they know they can't achieve it. And if they don't know it, they'll figure it out because they can't achieve it with progressive ideology. Progressive ideology is the workshop 
the tools of the devil because it's destructive. For those living in Spokane, a 30-minute drive east on I-90, I could shed some light on their problems. Idaho generally approaches social issues from a conservative point of view. Washington does not. Oh, Idaho has its warts. There's no question about that. So does Arkansas. But Mike Huckabee's daughter, who was recently elected governor of the state, is doing a fantastic job there, just calling the truth what it is, just calling out things and making policy to fix it. People are feeling better and better about their lives in Arkansas because they have leadership. And that's true in other states as well. Kinnear said when judges make a ruling, they're following the guidelines the state sets. They're not pulling stuff out of thin air, she said. She made it clear that she doesn't agree with the more than 600 people accused of violent crimes that's been released of their own recognizance. Well, ma'am, probably no one would publicly admit to wanting 600 people accused of violent crimes released on their own recognizance unless somebody is so blinded and in the ditch that they have no sense of reality. She said the first step should be that we advocate for is separating the populations being held in jail and treating alleged offenders based on what they're accused of. For example, someone in their own home smoking methamphetamine is a lot different from someone who attempted to strangle their spouse. If Spokane County builds two new jails, she says, there must be a treatment center. There has to be a diversion program. There has to be solutions after someone is behind bars. But they have no solutions. The programs that they throw billions and billions of dollars at, including your tax money and mine, don't work. It's time to simply stand up, take a shower, and admit the truth. It doesn't work. Curtis Robinson, he said he knows all about this. He said inequities. He said he knows a lot about inequities. When you begin from the point of view of inequities, that means giving everybody the same outcome, the equal outcome. You're abandoning the very principle upon which this nation was founded, equality of opportunity, not managing the outcome of everybody's project. That isn't biblical, and it's nonsensical, and it's destructive to any community whether it's a small community out in farmland or whether it's the biggest city on the West Coast or whatever. It's always situational, this uh, Robinson says, but we have a tendency as a system to overcharge people. That's not an excuse for behavior, but it points to us having a serious conversation. We don't need serious conversations. We need to get our hearts right. We need to get back to the basics. We need to get back to the founding principles of this nation. Whether you like it or not, that's what works. Your plan doesn't work. So they're always wanting a conversation which leads to we need another infusion of money. And then they go through all of this junk that they do. And a few months later, they say, well, we need more money. Well, how's it going? Well, we're making progress. They're not making progress. The desire is to build a bigger jail, he says, and that we have to get away from that idea and so on. A law-abiding society is not always situational, as these people say. Relativism is the basis for so-called progressivism. 
Our society will never find stability until we restore our institutions, including our legal system, to the principles held by our founders, the principles based on biblical Judeo-Christian values. Until then, we will continue, as Israel once did, a nation where, as I said earlier, in those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. There's another verse that we must remember as well. God says in Proverbs chapter 21, verses 2 and 3, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. After the British surrender, the American colonies had a nation, but they needed a constitution. The old Articles of Confederation were inadequate. In May of 1787, delegates gathered in Philadelphia for a convention to draft a constitution that would establish an effective federal government. They appointed George Washington as the chairman of that, the president of the convention. But that's about all they agreed on. From the beginning, the delegates quarreled over deeply held disagreements to the extent that they couldn't even get along. Some of them walked out. They just left. Then they came back. They were trying to form a new government, but they couldn't agree. And finally, it was the old man, the oldest one in the group. He was 81 years old. Benjamin Franklin rose. He wasn't particularly religious. He wasn't known to be. But he rose up to make a motion. He said, in this situation of this assembly, groping as it were in the dark to find political truth, and scarce able to distinguish it when presented to us, how has it happened, sir, that we have not hitherto once thought of humbly applying to the Father of lights to illuminate our understandings in the beginning of the contest with Britain, when we were sensible of danger, we had daily prayers in this room for the divine protection. Our prayers, sir were, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in this struggle must have observed frequent instances of superintending providence in our favor. To that kind providence, we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace on the means of establishing our future national felicity. And have we now forgotten that powerful friend, I have lived long, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings, that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Oh, there was more conversation. Ben Franklin continued. He said, I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his concerning aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. He said, we shall be divided by our own little uh, practical local interests. Our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessing of our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business and that one or more of the clergy of the city be requested to officiate. This great nation was birthed on that kind of thinking and that kind of understanding and that kind of being informed. And God bless this nation. And now we find ourselves 
mired in the darkness and the murk and the mud of a philosophy that is foreign to God and it's foreign to anything that is good. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.